And so let's go straight to our text. Genesis 7, 5 through 7. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters were on the earth. So Noah with his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Genesis 7, 13. On the very same day, Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wives, wife and the three wives of his sons, with them entered the ark. They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing, that creeps on the earth after its kind, and every bird after its kind, every bird of every sort went into the ark. But who went in first? Noah and his sons. And everything followed, and this is what happened, Genesis seven twenty three. So he, God, destroyed all living things which were on the face of the earth, both men, both men and cattle, creeping things and birds of the air. They were destroyed from the earth, only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. I'm in a series on why God ordained the family. And my message today is directed to men. What I have to say will help every single person in this building. It will help you if you're not married. It will help you if you are married. It will help you if you wish you weren't married. Amen. I've got a word for you today. Amen. Because you know the cycle of life, and if you live long enough, you will go through each one of these. It starts out lust, then rust, and then dust. I'm preaching already. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, anoint your word today, we ask. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. The scripture says that God sets the solitary in families. I've been speaking about the importance of a family. Why is God interested so much in a family? My conclusion is, is that God's plan is to use the family to shape and develop a godly society. In our text from Genesis 7, we see but only one of the reasons why family are important. Please notice carefully the order of what happened. The world is warned there's a flood coming. And this is what, res- what occurred. Noah and his sons went into the ark first. When they did, their families followed. The animals followed. That's extraordinarily significant. God saved families when men acted first. Every other living thing perished outside the ark There was no life that survived. There wasn't a plan B. There wasn't. This was God's plan. Families led by men who went first were the ones who survived. Any other plan failed. This is actually quite remarkable when you consider the social environment of the day. This is what Jesus said, that people in Noah's day were marrying and giving in marriage. Matthew 24, 37. As the days of Noah were, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Now, you might wonder what that phrase, marrying and giving in marriage, means. Because the first part, marrying, sounds good, right? 
The given in marriage part is the, the part that is so catastrophic. They were entering into relationships that were temporary. And they were not committed to those relationships. And their only commitment was to the pursuit of unrestrained pleasure. And so they entered into relationships that were temporary. And Jesus said this, that it's going to be the same way when he returns as it was then. Lord, have mercy. With 50% of first marriages ending in divorce, 76% of second marriages ending in divorce, and, 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 and uh, I'm sorry, with 68% of second marriages ending in divorce, and 74% of third marriages ending in divorce, I don't know how you could describe it any more accurately. Society in, Je- in Noah's day, Jesus, as Jesus tells us, was falling apart. Homes were being shattered by a lack of commitment on the part of the family members to each other. Notice again that the men led the way into the ark of safety. And it's important because of what didn't happen. Notice the men did not tell the women, you go in first. We've got your back. When you get in, we'll come in when you're safe. No, they didn't do that. Nor did they say that we as men are superior. And therefore, you women go in first, and we'll enter when we deem it necessary. Nor did they say that they should do what we are telling you to do because we are the boss around here. That's not what happened. They led, their families followed. There's a reason why this is so extraordinarily important. It's because what we see actually reflects the divine order. When God created man, he created man first. The woman didn't come until afterward. It was to Adam alone that God tells these words, do not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. We always think God told it to Adam and Eve. No, Eve had not yet been created. Go back and read your Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It was to Adam. God spoke those words. Therefore, when God came, this is what he said. Adam, where are you? What he did not say was, Adam and Eve, where are you guys at? didn't do that. He said, Adam, where are you? Because it was Adam's responsibility to lead his family, and he failed. That's the question actually that is being asked everywhere in society today. Adam, which means man, where are you? Children being raised in single parent homes because they can't find Adam are one of the symptoms of the hour. Women are living lonely lives and struggling to raise kids because they can't find Adam. Divorces are occurring in the church because Adam has become AWOL. Prisons are full. Because Adam is missing. Man, where are you? And what was God expecting of Adam? Just simply lead. On the other hand, what was Adam doing when God came looking for him? This is very important. He was hiding, but where? In the garden. The garden was not only his job, it was his place of worship. One of the things the secular world of today wants to do is divide you into the Christian that goes to church on Sunday and the average Joe out here who works six days a week and does whatever he wants to do and they want to make Christianity what you do on Sunday rather than who you are Monday through Sunday. I want you to know where I go, my Jesus goes. All seven days a week. 
I'm not like, who was it? Uh, uh, Stevie Wonder sang part-time lover. I could have preached a message on that. Part-time lovers in the church, right? That's not what we're called to do. We're called to love him every single day. Amen. But what happened is Adam was hiding in his work. And you can hide in your place of work. You can say, I've done my 40 hours. I've done my part for this family. And there are men who do that. And come in and park in front of a TV. Because I've done my part. You can also hide in church. Whoa. Because church and work were done in the same venue. He hiding in the garden. He was not just hiding in his job. He was hiding in his place of worship. And you can say, I go to church on Sunday. And that's wonderful and commendable. But it doesn't stop there. Until a man provides godly leadership for his home. There's going to be a deficit that exists in that family. When a man provides godly leadership, it creates a chain reaction that is a positive one. And it impacts his family who in turn impact the community who in turn impact the culture. When man is missing an AWOL, things start falling apart. The family is God's plan to shape society. The family alone has the power to transform a failing society. Individuals can't change society by themselves. Neither can churches. Neither, hear me now, because you should have learned this. How many election cycles have you been through already? Governments can't change society either. It takes the family working through the church to truly impact society for God and for good. And our father, which art in Washington, D.C., whether he's Democrat or Republican, is not going to fix society. And we need to realize that. That's because the respective roles that each family member feels has a significant effect upon society. And when those roles are filled like they're supposed to be in the family, the result in society is inescapable. It creates an unshakable family, and an unshakable family creates an unshakable church, and an unshakable church creates an unshakable society, and an unshakable society creates an unshakable nation. I want to talk specifically about the role of the man today. Both mom and dad do have a role that is unique, but guys, let me talk to you. I want to begin by asking, did you, anybody know Aretha Franklin passed away? One of the greatest singers that's ever lived. Queen of Soul, they called her. Her funeral was eight hours long. Oh, yeah, eight hours long. The main eulogy was delivered by Dr. Jasper Williams, Jr., who was the one who delivered the eulogy at her father's funeral, C.L. Franklin, a preacher of note, 34 years ago. He not only did the eulogy for Aretha, he did the eulogy for her dad 34 years previously. He has since then been severely criticized by the media for the remarks he made because at the funeral he addressed the negative impact caused by the, on, upon young men by the absence of fathers in the home. Reverend Williams is a very respected elderly black minister, 75 years old, civil rights icon. The 75-year-old Reverend Williams has spent many decades pastoring, started preaching in his teens, and he has observed the breakdown of the family in America, and he cared enough to dare to speak to his own community about what the media didn't want him to say. And they have been livid ever since. You see, he did something that we 
sometimes forget to do in funerals. You can't speak to the dead. They're not listening to you. You got to speak to the living. Oh, yeah. Amen. We sometimes are so bent on saying flowery things, and he did all of that. Spoke, it said uh, lots of wonderful things. But we forget that, fan, that funerals are more for the living than they are for the deceased. And it's almost like the day Boudreaux died. You're visiting, I'm Cajun. Okay. The day for the funeral came and the pastor went on and on and on and on about what a great man Boudreaux was. And Boudreaux did this and Boudreaux was that. And Boudreaux was something else. And he was all of this. And finally his wife Marie couldn't stand it anymore. Her kids were sitting there, their mouths getting more and more open. And finally she turned to the eldest son and said, go look and see who's in that casket. I don't think that's your daddy. I think we done stepped into the wrong funeral. <laughs> Amen. You got to speak to the living. And Dr. Williams made the mistake of even mentioning abortion. And when that happened, oh my goodness. The truth is, is that his comments about fathers being needed in the home are needed in every community regardless of ethnicity, regardless of your religious belief, whether you're Anglo, black, brown, whatever you might be. We need fathers and mothers to build strong families. Can somebody in the building say amen? Dad, if you will lead. Husband, if you will lead. Your family will follow you into the ark and they'll be safe. I want to give you a kingdom principle. God always blesses what is in alignment with his divine order and government. Always. God is actively seeking to bless people. I didn't always know that. I used to think prayer and fasting was to persuade God. You don't persuade God. What prayer and fasting does is get you in alignment with God. God's already seeking to bless you. Oh, yes, he is. Example of that is seen when the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. They sent out a dove. Does anybody remember what it did? It flew here and it flew there looking for a place to land. That's the Holy Spirit looking for somebody in this congregation to land on and bless right now. If you will just get an alignment with God, God will settle on you. He will bless your family. He will bless your finances. He will bless your life. You will be blessed beyond measure. Amen, because that's what God wants to do. It is for this reason that the enemy intentionally set out to interrupt and reverse the divine creative order. He went to Eve and not to Adam. This is extraordinarily significant. He bypassed Adam and said, let me go straight to Eve. Adam was the one that God selected to lead. The reason that the enemy selected Eve is because he wanted man to be out of alignment with what God's calling was for his life. To do so, he got the man to take a submissive role rather than the role God created him to fulfill. Instead of Adam providing spiritual leadership to his family in matters of the spirit, he deferred to Eve and let her take that responsibility. For spiritual concerns. And that describes the situation in America right now. Men are letting women be the spiritual leaders of the family and of the home. Instead of taking part and 
fulfilling the calling on their lives. Thank God for our precious ladies who have been so faithful. They've actually had to do, men, they've had to do our job, the job of the man as well as their own. But the problem is this. We men have stood back and left it to women to be responsible for spiritual leadership when that is not their calling. Oh, that's weak. I'm going to say that again. We men have stood back and left it to women to be responsible for spiritual leadership when that isn't their calling. Adam, where are you? Man, where are you at? Not Adam and Eve, where are you? Man, where are you at? Noah and his sons led their families into the ark. They came in first. Amen. The result of what's happening is killing our nation because it's not in the divine order. And the reason Satan employed this strategy is because he had experienced the first, firsthand, he had experienced the results of getting out of alignment with the divine order. In heaven, he was the worship leader that led the angels of God in worship of the holy creator. Satan was anointed to lead others in worship. But you know what he did? His gift went to his head. When it goes from your heart to your head. You're in trouble. Oh, I wish I could hear an amen. And he got to look it over his shoulder at everybody that was behind him. And he decided, I'd like for all of that to be for me. Amen. And so he actually tried to change the divine order. And five times he said, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will exalt my throne above God. What he said. And I will be worshipped as God. And let me just tell you something, on your, be- on your best day, <laughs> I've been sick this week. I felt like I'd been in the boxing ring with Mike Tyson, hammering on my kidneys. I'm telling you, it was a rough week for me. And I- I'm doing better this morning, thank you. But, but look, you-, you won't be careful who you get in the ring with. And Satan got in the ring with God, and that was just a, it wasn't even a contest. The result was he was cast out of heaven. And one third of the angels foolish enough to go along with him or fail with him. And now he has learned that if I interrupt the divine order, I lose the blessing and the favor of God. And I see this man that God is favoring. Let me steal from him the favor of God. And the way I'll do that is doing to him what I did to me. I'll get him out of the divine creative order. Amen. The woman gets the blame for all of this. It wasn't her fault. She wasn't even there. Amen. Eve gets the rap. She's the one who took the fruit of the tree. She wasn't even there when God said, don't eat it, Adam. Why didn't you speak up? Man, where are you? You heard the old joke. One day, Adam and his family were walking by the Garden of Eden after they had been expelled. And now his boys were big and... And they were amazed. Dad, Dad, what is this place? Oh, my God, this is, this is unbelievable, Dad. What kind of place is this? And, and they're looking and said, Dad, can we go in? And, and he said, no, you see that big angel over there with that flaming sword? We can't enter. And, but in answer to your question, what is this place that used to be our home that's Eden? And the boy said, Dad, we used to live there? He said, yes. He said, Dad, what happened? Why aren't we living there anymore? He said, you know your mama, she ate us out of house and home, man. 
We make jokes like that all the time, but let me just tell you, it's not theologically correct. It wasn't the woman's fault, it was Adam's. Adam failed to lead and it cost him Eden. And what is Eden? Eden is God's little bit of heaven on earth. And the reason the home is hell on earth rather than heaven on earth is because man is not leading anymore. I'm preaching right now. I need somebody to say amen. Now let me conclude. Let me conclude. We can talk forever about what has contributed to the failure of society. We can talk about the social, the economic, the racial problems. We can talk about elitism. We can talk about all of these kind of things. And there are many reasons. But first, we should remember that ultimately God looks at the man. And here's what happens. When a man is messed up inside and he starts a family, he creates a messed up family. And when that messed up man takes his messed up family and becomes part of a church, they create a messed up church. Because that messed up man takes his messed up family to that messed up church that is part of a community, that messed up church helps create a messed up community. And because that messed up man with his messed up family and that messed up church and that messed up community is part of a city, that messed up community helps create a messed up city. And because that messed up man takes his messed up family to that messed up church that is part of that messed up community, that is part of that messed up city, that messed up city helps create a messed up county. And because that messed up man takes his messed up family to a messed up church that is part of a messed up community, that is part of a messed up city, that is part of a messed up county, it helps create a messed up state. And because that messed up man is part of a messed up family, that is part of a messed up church, that is part of a messed up community, that is part of a messed up city, that is part of a messed up county, that is part of a messed up state, that messed up state helps create a messed up country. And because that messed up man helps create a messed up family that is part of a messed up church, that is part of a messed up community, that is part of a messed up city, that is part of a messed up county, that is part of a messed up state, that is part of a messed up country, that messed up country helps create a messed up world. And that's where we're living right now. And to fix it, you've got to go back to the man and realize that the messed up world with its messed up countries, messed up states, messed up counties with messed up cities and messed up communities with messed up churches, with messed up families are all that way because of a messed up man. The cycle has to be broken. Men, if you will lead, your family will follow. They will follow. Lead, men. Be a man of God. Lead. Otherwise, what we end up doing is spending all of our time trying to fix broken men that are the result of broken homes. It was Frederick Douglass, the abolitionist and statesman, who said it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Why do we wait until people are messed up? Man, where are you, Adam? Four things you need to do. Lead by going first when it comes to loving God and living by his word. How do you love God? Jesus said, Mark 12, 30, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the first commandment. Secondly, how do you lead? How do you lead them in safety? Lead them by going first when it comes to commitment to family. That's what Noah and their sons did. Counter to the culture of the time. Love your family. Be committed to them. Always put them first. Studies have shown repeatedly that the best thing a father can do for his kids 
is to love their mother and be committed to her. Did you know that? Study after study. You know why dads do two things mothers can never do? They model for their son how a boy is supposed to look as a man. And number two, they show their daughters how a man is supposed to treat them. Give God some praise right now. Amen. Because you know what they say? They say, girls always marry a man like their dad. You know what else they say? That's why mothers always cry at funerals. They know their daughters are marrying a man just like the one. That was a joke. You can, you can laugh. It's, some of you, you're taking it so serious. How did he know? He described my situation. I know I'm just. Number three, lead them by going first when it comes to making a difference with your life. Make a difference. Make a difference. Mark 12, 31, Jesus said the second commandment was to love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than those two. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. Make a difference with your life. Show that you care for people around you, not just your family, but the world. You saw that building that we've helped build and others have helped build in India and the ministry, Benny Matthews, that we helped support. Number four, lead them by going first when it comes to a commitment to excellence in life. Teach your children to be the best they can be at what they do. Don't settle for mediocrity. You say, but I'm the best on my job there is. Your kids don't know that. When you're parked in front of the television watching the game all throughout the whole weekend, they don't know it. Teach them excellence in life. Take the time to spend with them and develop that in them. You had to work for it. Now you're great on your job, but they don't go to work with you. They don't know that. Show them how to do the best they can. Set the bar high enough that they will excel, but not so high they'll fail. It's kind of like serving God. I love this. God is high and lifted up. Watch. Isaiah 6. If God were to show us where he really is and how great he is, you know what every one of us would do right now? Say, that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'll never be anything like that. You know what he did? He condescended in the incarnation and came down and said, now come to me. All you that labor in our heavy labor. And then you know what he did after that? When we started coming, he didn't climb up to the first step. And he wasn't, and we get out and here we are with the Lord. You know, we're at the level he was and we look around for him and where are you? I'm up here now. So we climb up and we get praying fast. And then we climb up, he climbs up again. We finally reach that level and enjoy the view. Man, this is great. God's favor. And then where's he? And he says, I'm up here. He climbed back up and then he climbs up yet again. And we climb up there and it's, you know, if he had started up here at the very beginning, we would have given up. But he came down and worked. Oh, I love that about God. That's how he works in our lives. In conclusion, the story of Noah and his sons leading their families into the ark parts out one of the most important principles of successful fatherhood and manhood, and that is this. Inevitably, somebody is following you. You think they were the only families alive? Noah, 
Shem, Ham, Japheth, you think those were the only families that lived? No, there were all these others out there. But guess what? Just like Noah and his sons went into the ark and their families followed. There were other families that led, being led the wrong direction by their dads. By the men of the house. Somebody is following. Somebody is following. And you need to make sure. That when they follow, they follow you in the right direction. Look at these tragic verses. Nadab, 1 King 15, 26. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father. King Ammon, 2 Kings 21, 20. Did evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. King Jehoiakim, 2 Kings 23, 37. He did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his fathers had done. I could go on and on with verses from the Bible like this. The good news is... That even though the first Adam failed us, there is a second Adam. Who said, he didn't lead you the right way, but I will follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Amen. You know why we become fishers of men? It's because there's so much favor of God upon our lives when we are compliant to the cross and obedient to the word of God. That everybody looks at us and says, wow. Why don't we have Eden in our home like they do in theirs? And so which model will you follow, men? You're going to follow the Adam who hid in his work and hid in church and failed to lead his family spiritually? Or are you going to follow the Adam who not only led his family, but is still leading his family today? If you aren't experiencing heaven in your home, you can get Eden back can you can turn what is hell in your house right now into heaven it's not going to happen overnight but you can you can change things don't care how far gone it is I just got news of a family that had been divorced for four I think it was four years Robert if you're in the building you can correct me but in this series on the family they put their differences aside and said we're going to make it work and they've come back together amen close with this story true story I think you know that recently I was in in the month of May I was doing a conference prayer conference in Nepal I was so moved because there was one of the the, the, the apostle of that area has gone from all over the mountains on foot in the Himalayas on foot and they brought these prayer intercessors together and I taught a conference I was so profoundly moved that I sent them out of my money, my money, $2,500 to buy him a motorbike. If he can, he can reach all those people walking by foot, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to buy him a combine. That's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to let that guy, he's going he's to be something else. And I'm not boasting. I'm just saying, I see things like that and it moves me so profoundly. But in the hotel I was staying in, they had the mountain climbers. It was their season to climb Everest. May is the month of May to climb Mount Everest. And I'd go down to the lobby, all these mountain climbers sitting around. Different races, different countries with their gear. They tell the story of four men that were climbing a mountain. And when they get on these mountains, they tie themselves together with a rope around the waist in case one of them falls. And they were scaling one of the sheer cliffs on the mountain. And the guy at the top fell. 
But because of the rope, the second guy caught him, but then he fell too. And they shouted out together. And then because of the rope, the third guy was trying to cling on, but he got pulled off the side of the mountain as well. But the other guy had dug in with his, I think they call them, is it pythons or uh, and those things they hammer in the, the rocks, pitons or something, I'm not sure. He had dug in and he was holding on and they fell and he cried, it's okay, I got you. And all four of those men survived because one of them was anchored and would not let go. Dad, be anchored to the rock. Dad, be anchored to the rock. Dad, lead your family. They will follow. Dad, be anchored to the rock of ages. Would you stand with me right now? I feel God so strong in this building. Prayer counselors, if you'll come. I've had to take a a number of minutes from the service today to address vital issues necessary to us, but I would like for everybody to please quickly come and let's pray together because I just can't let you leave without praying as a family. And Adam, if you're in the building, come right now. Adam, if you've been hiding in work, come. If you've been hiding on the job, Adam, if you've been hiding in church, come. Come. Let's pray together, Adam. Let's pray together. Move in close. There's so many people behind you. I'd like to pray with you. Balcony, come on. Yeah, come join me, guys, if you can, because I really want to pray with you. We won't always be able to get everybody down front. We've got a nice wide area in, in the front of the platform in the new building. This is so vital to me because our time praying together as a church family is one of the most significant things that we do here. Jerry Stanley, right over here. Jerry, just raise your hand if you would. Jerry and Jackie will tell you, and it was Jerry's dad and mom that were founding members of this church. Jerry will tell you that prayer has been vital to this church from day one. We'll never get away from that. Do you hear me? Not as long as I live, not as long as I have any influence. Because I can do nothing without him and neither can you. Would you just bow your heads, Father, I pray right now. I pray for every man in this building that you would make him strong. Let him be anchored to the rock. Let him be anchored to the rock. Lord, you said it would be in the days that you return as it was in those days of Noah. Where people would be marrying but then given in marriage. Meaning that they were not committed to the marriage. Seeking pleasure and fulfillment outside the family. God, help us to redirect our attention to those that we're in covenant with. Wife, since I'm preaching to your husband today, if he's here, would you just reach out and put a hand on his shoulder or on his back right now? Come on, just let's pray for one another. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Children, if you're here and your dad's here, just walk up behind him and put your hand on his shoulder and say, Daddy, I'm right behind you. 
right behind you daddy stay anchored to the rock stay anchored dad stay anchored dad I need you to stay anchored there are forces trying to pull you off the mountain but dad don't let it happen there's such a move of God in this house right now would somebody just pray with me right now in the name of Jesus heal heal families in this house today God where families have been torn apart bring healing if you can restore a family that's been apart for four years you can restore families in this house today Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Move in our midst. Move in our midst. God, heal. God, I break bondages right now. I break chains right now. Break chains right now in the name of Jesus. Heal. Heal. Dad, make a commitment. Make a commitment right now.